Hi there, and welcome back to the Community Strategy Podcast. My name is Deb Shell. I'm a creator turned community builder. After launching my online community in 2020, I have a passion for online events and bringing people together. I now consult business owners and leaders just like yourself who have a message, their life's work, or a vision for helping others transform through their online courses, cohorts, or memberships. On this interview style podcast, you'll hear conversations with community leaders, passion for bringing people together online. Our goal is to provide you with interesting conversations to inspire you to build, launch, and grow an online community with energy, confidence, and purpose. Let's get started. Hey, this is Deb, just popping in to give you a heads up on this episode. So this episode, I talked with Allegra. She is the host of Myth- Misfits to Maverick, and she's a coach, and she also has a group for coaches. Her community is on Muddy Networks. We talked about her strengths, relator, activator, ideator, maximizer, and adaptability. Uh, she realized that has helped guide her journey as a community leader and decide on uh, the next steps for her community building journey. Uh, she talked a lot about strengths and the UMAP program. So if you're not familiar with the UMAP assessment, it's a short uh, four assessments all in one to uh, help career seekers, job seekers, and uh, entrepreneurs to identify their ideal members, figure out the right role or position for them to go. Um, I shared a few things about engagement. We talked a lot about engagement and how that can help uh, you, like just a couple key factors of getting people engaged. Um, and also the differences around, like as a host, uh, how it feels like when not everybody's engaged and the challenges around that. We also talked about alignment with, you know, the industry, the community industry has talked a lot about this uh, build it and they will come. And that is, is the uh, recipe to disaster from what I have experienced. So uh, we talk a lot about how, you know, being a community leader is a big choice. And sometimes maybe it's not about money. And so we talked a little bit about this concept that our passion doesn't have to be our profit, not always. And sometimes it's really great just to connect with people in a meaningful and purposeful way online in an online community without it being, without there being transactional things happening. So that's what we talked about. I hope you listen to this episode. I'm psyched that you're here. Uh, please let me know how your takeaways were. I'm excited to hear from you. Take care. And welcome, Allegra. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a little while since I've done a podcast interview and, and it's nice to be back in the room, a room with awesome people. With I, people. It's been a while since I've done a group interview. I, I did have one conversation very recently, but seeing multiple faces is always really nice. It is, right? Allegra, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into, I know you've been leading the community for a minute now. How did you get into community building? Um, I had my, my more recent background is I've been coaching. Well, I don't know how recent it is, but um, I started coaching in 2012. And so I've been navigating the world of being a coach and more specifically having my own coaching practice. They're kind of two separate things. There's being a coach and then there's running a coaching practice, which is right. totally separate project. <laughs> so I have both been a coach and been running my own coaching practice for over a decade. And I've done a lot. I've run a lot of different experiments. I've tried all kinds of marketing strategies. I've delivered coaching in many different ways and shown up in person and virtually. And like, I just have a lot of random experience in this world. And a couple of years ago, I started talking with other coaches. I had become certified in UMAP. I'd had some pretty significant insights about my own work and how I, my experience had been shaped by my strengths without me realizing it. And um, I just really wanted to bring that to other coaches. I was like, I wish I'd known this when I had started. And so I started having more conversations with coaches who were in the first years of their practice. And it just kind of unlocked this very strong point of view that I have about the coaching industry. It connected me with awesome people who um, 
really want to do amazing work, you know, helping others. And that just started this cascade of programming. I was doing small group stuff and I created a course and like all these things just emerged very quickly. And it got to a point where I thought I'd like more people to have access to this stuff and these ideas. So um, what if I created a community space? What if I created a membership space? And that really inspired the next experiment in my work, which was opening up Misfit to Maverick, which is a, and has been for the past couple of years, a community for coaches who are looking for connection, but also um, permission to kind of do things in a different way and to unlearn some of the more unhelpful messages of what I call the coaching industrial complex and play and experiment and, um, and so do many, all okay, of that so I gotta, I gotta pull out two things you just said from that. So you said it twice and I want to make sure we highlight it even more. So experimenting, love it, it sounds like you did a lot of experimenting and I love that concept. Uh, I've had that brought to me a couple of times and phrased in that way of um, when we do things, it's not like we're going to fail. It's just, this is an experiment. And then we decide we have time period where we kind of like try something and then we take a break and we say, how did that go? And then we review and then we decide another, whatever direction is next. Yep. And we can take it in the scenario of an experiment and it's not so much a, I think what my thought was is when I first launched a community, I was like, I failed. This is horrible. Right. And now I'm now I'm like, oh no, there's experiments. But I also wanted you to go a little diver in deep dive into uh UMAP because mm -hmm. uh you and I know about actually I just recently got certified in UMAP. Oh, great. <laughs> and I got I got my UMAP earlier in the year working with Amarina, yeah. uh, who went through my UMAP, and I know my top strengths. But tell us a little bit about UMAP, what got you into that, and explain that a little bit for people listening. So I was introduced through UMAP by a woman named Carrie Twig, who's incredible around, she does career development. Um, because at the time, I was actually, back in 2019, I was like, I think I just want to get a job. How do I write a resume? Anyway, I'm getting way off track. Carrie Twig was like, you should check out UMAP. So um, I ended up getting that certification. And what it is, it's, it's quite simply a collection of four different assessments, a strengths assessment, a values assessment, a skills assessment, and a personality-based interest assessment. So it's four assessments in one. That's like, that's it. It's, but what's really cool about it is that each one of the results of each one of those assessments allows you to look at your career path, your relationships, your next steps from a different angle. So what makes it really cool is that it's very holistic. It's very actionable. It's very intuitive. You don't get it and be like, I had no idea. It's more like you get it. And it reflects back all these things that you kind of knew about yourself. You just didn't have the language to express. And so I learned it. It was created by Kristen Sherry and she still leads certifications. She also now has teachers that do certifications for her. And it's just, it kind of kickstarted a path for me around career pathing and career coaching and working with women who were eager to maybe find a different direction, but didn't quite know what was going to be a fit. And a big part of the UMAP that really stuck with me as a coach was understanding my strengths and really leaning into my values. And because of the insights I had about my own decade of, well, at that point, it was like seven or eight years of coaching. Um, I wanted to bring all of that self-awareness to new coaches. <laughs> I wanted to be like, don't, don't wait until your seventh or eighth year of coaching to learn these things about yourself because they will inform how you move forward and in a way that feels a lot better for who you are and how you work. And so I love, um, I love leading people through their UMAPs in particular. I love talking about strengths, especially in the space of coaching and running your coaching practice. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of, of, of UMAP and the strengths assessment. It's a, uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a really cool tool. And there are UMAP coaches out there. So you can, you can get your UMAP on your own and just have it, the report in front of you. 
but I find like any tool, it's just really helpful to have someone help you understand it. Um, so it doesn't just gather dust on the shelf. Like it's really helpful to have someone sit down and say, so like, here are your strengths. So what? Um, right. (laughs) Because I certainly have seen plenty of people get their results and then like not not do anything with them. Yeah. (laughs) What are your top strengths? Could I ask? Uh, I am my drivers. I'm a relator. So I really am driven by relationships and getting to know people, which if we circle back to the community question was just an interesting thing. Um, So I'm very driven by relationships and getting to know people one-on-one. I'm also very high in activator and ideator. So I love ideas. I love brainstorming. I love helping find options that weren't like considered previously. So I love when I'm talking with someone, they're like, I don't know what to do next. That's just where I'm like, oh, well, we can come up with some really fun ideas. But I'm also an activator, which is an influencing strength. I really enjoy helping people take action. And I'm very lit up when people take action. Like as a coach, I am most energized by clients who we talk and then they go out and actually try the thing or do the thing. It's just so rewarding for me. So I'm definitely an activator. Um, but I, I'm also a maximizer. A maximizer means I'm always like, cool, what can we do next? <laughs> what, what? This is awesome. Now what? And I'm very high in adaptability. Adaptability is kind of always in the background for me. I'm very, I'm very easygoing. I am not ruffled by, you know, if things don't work out, I'm always like, that's okay. Or, um, I like change. I like trying new things. So those are my, that's how in a tiny nutshell, how my top five show up. In yeah. I love that. And so like going into our conversation about structures, um, you and I worked together earlier in the year to mm-hmm. do help you think through a challenge. And yeah. I know um, you did that and you've done memberships. Uh, what did you f- identify based on what you just told us about you? Like, how did you maybe navigate through those different changes? Or is it that you just kind of experimented and then came to different conclusions along the way based on your experiences? I don't know if stre- how much strengths played into those decisions around how you want to work with people because challenges are different than memberships and memberships are different than live events and live events are different than, um, you know, group coaching, for example. Yeah. So kind of circling back to what I was saying before about, I have, um, two relating strengths in my top five. So relator and adaptability and going into building a community, I knew that was going to be tested because prior to leading a membership space, I had worked with people either one-on-one or in groups of three. I did do a group of 10, but it ended up being like two groups of five. And I also love teaching. I have a background in teaching. I love facilitating workshops, but I like, like right now I can see everyone's faces. I'm like, I wonder what they're thinking. Like, do they have questions? Is there anything I can do to help you, Christy and Mark and Missy and Calissa? That's my relator is wanting every, like to know and to help and have a conversation with the people in the room, which when you run a community where part of the idea is, you know, building membership, reaching a certain size, I was just always aware of, um, were people engaged, like engagement was a big thing for me. It is a big thing for me. And can it was actually, huh? Can you tell me what engagement means to you? What do you like define as engagement? showing up, like people showing up. Live, like mm-hmm. on a video. It like could this. either be live or, I mean, when they showed up live, I just loved it. Cause I'd be like, oh my gosh, hi. Like I would, I do in my space and I'm kind of on this hiatus right now with my group, um, but you know, I would show up every week for an open coaching call. And I just would love when people would hop on. Oh my God, hi. Like I just would be so happy to see the faces, but I would be equally as happy to see that they posted a comment on someone's post or that they had replied to one of my posts. And, and not seeing that as a, like, I just felt that because 
I just wanted to, I want to have relationships with people. And if they're not engaging with the architecture of the community in some way, it, it was like, I don't know. It was the shadow side of being a relator. The metaphor I used was, you know, you think of a gym owner who's trying to get members to join that gym owner may or may not care if the member ever comes to the gym, so long as they just keep their membership. No judgment about that. Like whatever the motive. I was like, why? <laughs> Where are they? Like I want the people. You're like, why? What, what, okay, great. You joined. Now where where are where'd you go? <laughs> where'd you go? Why aren't you more engaged? Again, I at I a hundred percent understand that for some people the value for them is in being more on the edges, being more of a lurker and getting value through just watching and consuming, but not being as engaged. Again, that I have no judgment about that. I just recognized how it like, how it pinged in different ways on what my strengths were and the challenges of that. And for those of you here and anyone watching, your relationship to having a community is likely going to feel different depending on how you want to be showing up with all of them versus how they're showing up in the room. I hope this is making sense. No, it's, it's so great that you're pointing out these key things, because I think a lot of the trigger, you know, the, uh, the trigger words people hear are like, I want more engagement and I want to have a community that has lots of members and they're all going to be talking. And what I've learned uh, from my experience is that it takes six to nine months just for members to feel that they're safe in, in a space for them to be able to really connect. If it's like a monthly ongoing membership, mm -hmm. you get really quicker res results when you have something more like um, more active where they're like live sessions and you're being able to ex expedite that relationship more yeah. um, that you're building with them, like a course or a live program or a challenge or something like that. You're able to activate them a little bit faster instead that they, they were more then feel they get in that comfort zone faster. But it does take time. And I think also what you're saying is some people don't care. You know, they just want the, the people to pay the monthly thing and they don't really necessarily care. But I think if you have passion and intention, most of us talk about having um, intentionality and, and wanting to make a change and, and help people transform. That's pretty much everybody in the room here at some point or some level. And, and if they're, you feel like they're not getting the value out of it, then you're like, just like you and I talked when you were in the community, when it was paid. And then you were like, you know, I'm just not able to get the value because I'm just, there's other things in my life happening. Mm -hmm. And I think we take that personally as hosts. We're like, oh, you know, unless we have that conversation with somebody and they're not showing up, we're like, oh, do they, do they not like my content? Like it's, a, it's a, sometimes we get in this headspace of like, is it my fault? Like that they're not showing up or is it them or what's happening? And I think we can like, neglect to think about how, there's life like people have kids there's you know people have jobs people are doing things and so it takes a lot of really um priority setting to oh, yeah. show up inside an online community and and that goes back to like how you structure the community how you set it up and and what the intentionality is around that and the purpose and one of the things that you mentioned was just engagement and and that led you to say well is that a decision that something that experience did that lead you then to, to, to change directions I know you you were talking a little bit about different things you've tried but where where's that kind of landed you right now um also I want to just acknowledge Missy I saw a couple questions should I do Missy's oh she does have, we can or, go to her questions or, if you want to wait well I was gonna do that but I thought about something else to say so <laughs> No, I just want to make, I just want to acknowledge Misty's questions and we yes. will definitely get to them because I want to make sure I answer them for yes, you. Yes, um, we will. Uh, let's see. I, I, I have experimented in many different ways over the past few years with how to facilitate engagement, how to encourage people to revisit the space and particip participation. That's the Engagement and participation could be maybe interchange. How can I get people to participate even in a tiny little way? 
And one of them was, let's say, through a challenge that I set up. I Every Sunday, I would send out a weekly digest. I would write it out myself in ConvertKit. It wasn't a programmed one through Mighty Networks. It was just me. Hey, here's a new post. Here's a new post. I would link it. I would try and make it incredibly easy for members to open that email up and just find, you know, one or two things that they could open and just, just, I would talk a lot about the ideas of give, ask, and share, you know, give, give your attention and time to someone who's posted a question, ask, post your ask and share what you've learned. So I would try and like talk about and repeat these principles over and over and over again. And it was, I realized over time with a community or a membership, and I actually would welcome people's thoughts on this. And Deb, I, I would love your thoughts on it too. It's almost like there were two, two moments of selling, right? They're selling someone on the idea. And by selling, I mean like the, the good feeling version of selling. I don't feel like that. I mean, like, Hey, come and participate. Yeah. One, it's just selling someone on the idea of joining the community is the first thing. Hey, come and join, come be a part of it. Here's what's all this awesome stuff that's happening here. But then there's this ongoing selling of participating in it. Of yeah. like, how can I help people feel inspired? I have this little acronym in front of me of what's in it for them. Yep. And that's a great acronym to remind yourself every it's day just, about. It's just it's sitting in front of me because every time I would, let's say, create a workshop or put a course up or ask someone to come in for some reason, I'd be like, why do they want to come in? Yeah. What is in it for them to think of, like to wake up in the morning and to get their coffee and to open my community up instead of opening up something else? Like, right. Right what's in it for them? And I think it's just a really valuable question to ask ourselves because we love our spaces, right? We know what's in it for us. Yeah. This is the best ever, but what's in it for that person? And I think I'm in here now. <laughs> there's a couple of things there. Like uh, two years ago, when I started this journey, there was the message being portrayed that build it and they will come. I know. There, there's whole industry was, you know, really pushing creators and coaches and leaders to say, build this. This is the greatest place. Everybody's going to love it. It's different than social media. Come yeah. here. As soon as you open the doors, everybody's going to come. And that's just not true. Those are literally not true statements because if anything, it's the opposite. If, if you haven't been asked by, this is the number one thing that I learned. If somebody did not ask you to do something or you have not gotten the validation and feedback that this space is needed, yeah. not just wanted, but needed by people, that's the hard, that, then it's going to be much more harder for you to convince them of your community concept. It's going to be harder for you to convince them of this thing that you want them to be a part of and why it's important for them. Yeah. That what's in it for them can be can be used for community building, can be used for business building, for products, for services, for anything, because the more we think about the end user and, and what they're going to get out of this and that end result, that's going to help us as a creator and a builder and, and, and a marketer promote this place, because then we're actually basing it on what we've been told by those right. specific people. That's why I feel like membership, ideal interview audio member interviews and discovery and, and validating before you launch it eliminates the problems that come later around this engagement around the challenges of keeping people in instead of fighting the whole how do I keep them engaged and stuff it's not about how you keep them engaged it's about how do I make them you know how do they want to join and get excited about it and I think that's creating the bonds and the relationships when you first start so I love that you said that I have clients right now that I'm like Okay, but what's in it for them? <laughs> like they tell me all these pretty lovely things that they want to do. And I'm like, yeah, great. This is great. Really, it is. But what's in it for them? Like, why are they going to show up? Because it's, we're busy. Every, no matter what job you have, or if you don't have a job, or if you work it, or if you, no matter where, where you are in life, somehow you're probably most likely busy. Unless you're like retired and, and kicking your feet up on a recliner or you're 12 and yep. enjoying life. <laughs> 
Like everybody's got something happening. And so it's just a matter of, we only, we all have the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours a day. And some of us, you know, eight of those, eight, nine, 10 of those are sleeping. So really we only have to capture people's attentions, you know, like eight or nine hours uh, that they even have to give us their attention. And so it really comes down to making each moment matter. But yeah, I'm going to pause here and open up to conver- um, to questions. And I know you wanted to answer Missy's first. So um, let's go to some questions. Yes. Yeah, so I just want, uh, so Missy asked, do you feel like it would be helpful for new college graduates trying to pinpoint what kinds of jobs they want? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Have your high school, college age, students, kids, friends, colleagues, take an assessment like UMAP and sit down with someone who can like help them apply the results. Because again, you can take the assessments and be like, cool, these are my strengths and my values and my skills and interests. So what? Now what? What do I do with it? And that's where it's helpful to have someone who can help you then take all of that and you can take that UMAP and turn it into a resume. You can use that UMAP and turn it into a job search. You can use that UMAP. It links up to, there's some really cool career databases that actually filter based on your skills and your interests. Um, and it, it, it spits back like, check out these careers because these careers align to these particular skills and interests. And so um, I think it's a, a very valuable tool. And there are UMAP coaches doing specifically high school, college, um, yeah. yeah, I'm actually yeah. working with a best friend of mine now that I've gotten my certification. It's not official certification yet, so I'm not promoting it quite yet. Um, but I'm doing work with a with a friend of mine who wants to change careers, and they have different pathways, right? So they have um, pathways where you can just uh, work with people who are entrepreneurs, but they also have pathways that are career focus for people who are either new to the workforce or wanting to change their career field and trying to figure out like, how do I get align my, you know, applications for jobs and resumes with positions and apply for positions that are actually what I want to do (laughs) instead of like, just, you know, the kitchen, the kitchen counter guy or whatever, you know, like, um, getting things that are more aligned. So I think that's a great question. And and Christy asked about strengths finders. Yeah, it's actually based on the Clifton strengths. So that you do the Clifton strengths assessment first. Um, you get your five top strengths and then it it actually branches out and improves that. I don't know if there's more you can say on that Allegra as far as, you know, differentiations or reasons why they do that. They use the strengths. Well, strengths is one of the pillars of UMAP. So it's like, you know, let's find out what your top five are and start there. But then it's cool because then it says, well, what if we bring your values into it? Because you could get a job using all your strengths and still not enjoy it. That's the point is that people are like, oh, know your strengths and get a job that uses your strengths. But if you have a job that uses your strengths, but is totally out of alignment with your values, you won't like it. And if you have a job that uses your strengths and is aligned to your values, but you're spending your time doing skills that burn you out, you won't like it. So it what's so cool about it is that it's it's giving you four dimensions to job satisfaction and not just one. But one of those is the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. Um, Missy also, I find it's hard for me because I know how powerful being part of a community is. And I know it is possible, but members don't necessarily realize that and therefore don't get in the habit of engaging. Yeah, I kind of miss you what we were saying about like, well, what's that it takes a kind of moment of like, well, why should they even come? What is it? What's in, I know, because we think it's so awesome and it is, and it's so important that we throw a party that we really want to go to. (laughs) So we have to love it, but we also have to be like, well, why should they come here instead of, instead of spending 15 minutes there, or instead of doing an hour here, I, it's helped me. I don't know if it'll help any of you. Like whenever I create something in my community that will require time or attention, right? Time or attention, you know, read this post. That'll take time and attention. Come to this call, time and attention. Is I like to think about that unit of creativity or that idea as a little tool in a toolbox. And I like to say, what will this tool help that person do when they hang up? Because if I can explain that to myself and explain them to them, like come to this call so that you can blank. Take like post on this post so that you can blank. Just being able to answer that and remind them consistently of like, here's why you 
it's a tool. How can you use it? I, kind of connects things in a deeper level than just, oh shoot, I got to go sign into the, you know, I've always said to my members, I'm like, if this feels like something on your to-do list, it's not right. Because I want it to feel useful. I don't come use it. Don't just like feel like it's taking up other valuable time you want to be spending. Missy, I see you nodding. Yeah. And I think, um, my experience is that when people come in, they're happy they came in. Yes. My experience is also that things like Instagram and Facebook and all of those that, you know, Twitter and TikTok, you know, those are the habits that people are in. Yep. So that's what's on their home screen when they pick up their phone and they're like transitioning between activities. They're like, I've got five minutes. I, you know, they boom, go to Instagram. That's right. When but we're fighting you, against that too. Right. So you and I know that if they boom, took that five minutes to come to the community, the benefit of that could still, it could serve some of the same needs, which is a break, taking a break, you know, getting inspired, yeah. <laughs> whatever, but, but getting them to even make that move, um, you know, short of sitting with them in the moment and saying, okay, now open your Mighty Network app. <laughs> I think um, one, one thing I've learned is I would get excited every day to jump into the community that I was a member in for two and a half years uh, because the people were there and they weren't other places. And yeah, the and relationship so have, I built um, was there. It wasn't in Instagram. I didn't build relationships with people in Instagram. I built relationships with people in Location Indie, which is the community I was in. Yeah. yeah. And if you get them to get to that point, absolutely. I mean, there's a group that I'm involved in on Facebook and we've talked about moving it over to mighty networks. And, and I know there's whatever the 20% rule or whatever, that only 20% of your members are really going to engage consistently. We see that in this group, but there are probably 20 people in this group who they're there almost every day, but it's become a habit. Like it right. took them a little while to get that habit. And then just by, I love what you said, Allegra about, um, oh, what did you say? Share, give, ask, share. That's exactly what this group does. And so, you know, there was a period of time where even in the beginning, we had to say, we almost assigned people days. We were like, okay, your day is Tuesday. And on Tuesday, you go respond to anything that gets posted in there. That's nice. And once people got in the habit of that, then they were there. That group's been going for three years now, solid. And every single day, there are at least, you know, 10, 15 posts in there. But nice. It took a little while to get the habit going. So, and because Mighty Network is not, you know, an automatic with people, I think that that is a challenge. Yeah. But I love that give, ask, share. I think that's a great contribution. I'm glad if it helped. Any other, I mean, any other questions or anything from anything? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. So Deb, if there are other directions you want to go. I'm excited or if else... to, to learn about what your next adventure is. So <laughs> I don't know if, if you can tell me um, a little bit about like, you know, we've kind of danced around it, but I just really want to know, like, what's, what was your, what is your takeaway from your community experience and where are you sitting right now as, as far as like leading an online community because I know you said you were kind of thinking of you're on a pause is what I'm hearing from you yeah I decided to so another kind of it's both a get all of your strengths have both a, a light side and a shadow side everything everything we do tell me where you struggle the most and I will tell you what your strengths are because they they go hand in hand I say it's your superpower and it's your kryptonite so my my top strengths being ideator and activator and adaptability mean that I like trying new things a lot. I love being in a place where I can just have an idea and go for it and run with it. And um, uh, if you end up taking your, your strengths assessment, you can, you can get your full 34 strengths. So another thing I've learned about myself is that things like consistency and discipline and focus aren't, don't come as naturally to me. And it's less where I'm moving in my, I can do those things. And I've been doing those things for the past couple of years and in my coaching practice generally for a decade. Um, but I, I am not a big like marketing and salesperson. <laughs> I bringing it down to brass tacks of marketing and sales just is not a role that I'm lit up by 
And yet when you are running your own coaching practice, when I'm running my own gig, whether it is a community space or one-on-one coaching or small group programs or any of the myriad ways that I love to deliver my work, um, the business side of it has never been what truly lights me up. And I have been thinking, and Deb saw this on LinkedIn, like if you, if any of you are on LinkedIn, you can find me there. I've been thinking about like, what would it look like to find an internal role somewhere? What would it look like to find, to not have to, to continue to be able to do this work that I love, which is coaching and mentoring and teaching and bringing people together in small group conversations like this one, um, but not have to think about kind of the business side of it anymore. So one of the ways as I, again, this could all change in a week by the time this gets released, who knows, maybe I'll be, I'll be, I'll be just back to, um, I'm not shutting off my own coaching practice. I have stuff coming up in the fall, but one of the changes Deb to your question is that I, um, in July, I actually paused everyone's fees. Um, all my members, I just paused their fees to give myself some space to feel like I could get really creative and change things up again. Um, I wanted to honor their expectations as members. And I was like, I'm just going to pause everyone so that I can really open up and see what's going to come next. And, you know, going into the fall alongside this this idea I maybe have to try and find a job, like a role somewhere that could be a fit. Um, I'm experimenting with making the community element financially free and shifting back into one-on-one work and uh, maybe drop in like a membership for the drop-in weekly coaching calls that I love doing. Um, so I'm just playing with my business model a little bit, which yeah. is, which it's, is, so this is really great. And, and honestly, this is exactly what I just did in a way, uh, a ma- differently, but similar that, um, I celebrated two years of leading this fine calm here community and I was struggling and it was like, you know, I want to just enjoy this again. So how can I get back to enjoying this again? Okay, mm-hmm. I can enjoy it again if I don't make it stressful by expecting people to pay to come and join and collaborate and participate and engage. So now I've made Find Calm here free. My oh, nice. I, put, I put some things behind the wall. So the pe- people who are already members, they're still going to have access to certain content. Yeah. But there's, uh, it's hidden for new people. So they're no, they don't have access to these guides that I spent two years building. They don't have access to some of that stuff because that's going to be in the book that I'm writing. So I'm writing a Yay. book. And, and that's, and so my focus to your point is I really, my top strengths are communication, vis, uh, visionary or futuristic, um, winning others over uh, the, um, communi- what did I say? Communication, positivity, winning others over, futuristic and restorative and restorative is my driver. So what, what's not in there is me wanting to sell all the time either. And I, when you're trying to run a business and you're looking at the bottom line and like, what is really going to move the needle here? Well, it's not the 47 or $97 membership from like five people. <laughs> That's not going to pay my rent tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But what it is going to pay my rent is consulting clients that are going to pay me thousands of dollars, not $47 or $97. And so that was reality for me that I just needed, if I if there's a way for me to continue to do what I'm doing, it's not this method right now. Mm. It's that the biggest lesson I learned was that I didn't have an audience. And this whole concept that you could build a community without an audience is rubbish, basically. <sighs> I can't figure a better word out, but it's rubbish. It's just not true. Every single um, person that I've talked to that is really successful in the space of having a paid membership is because they've been building an online business for 10 years, or they've got mm. you know email lists, or they've got this following, or th- things are, um, because people have validated it, they've purchased their programs, yep. they've bought their books, they've read their 
you know, memoir, they listen to a podcast, like they've got an audience. And so I also, this is the message that I was saying for a year and a half. And in the, in the last couple months, I'm like, this is just not true. Cause it's not my experience. And they started to feel really out of alignment. And I was like, okay, great. Now I've got to change all of my messaging and make a decision. And that was the decision that I made and said, okay, so now we're going to have some fun and fine calm here. We're going to do whatever that is. We're going to have the live interviews every other week. And that's the content. And that just took a whole lot of pressure off of me now. Yeah. That just means now Deb can go back to being a creator that she, and doing the things that she enjoys doing and writing a blog post when she feels like it. I also combined the, the content. So the same thing that's on the blog is on, is in the community. So I'm not, you know, I'm like repurposing content everywhere and having a structure where I decided, okay, this month our theme is structure. So that's what we're going to talk about. So now that's what I write about. I've just simplified everything for myself instead of the last six months of like, what should I write about this week? Oh, here's what I want to write about. Here's, you know, I just went off into these deep dives and and made it really complicated for myself, um, yeah. which is guilty of like, <laughs> there's a quote, this is my favorite quote, that's, um, there's a one, two people and one person says, why do you always take the hard road? And the other person says, why do you assume I see two roads? Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> I love like, that. It always feels like so resonant with me because I just see the path of like the the most, and even I'm writing this book and I met with a book designer this week and he goes, um, oh, so you're going to do a workbook. Oh, those are really complex and challenging, much more so than like a novel. I'm like, yeah, because Deb takes the heart. <laughs> But anyway, just to your point of saying, thank you for, for just sharing and being open with that, because I think that's what we're experiencing as creators and coaches right now is just like, what really is in alignment with what I, what I'm experiencing, how I want to feel. Like, I think a lot of my clients, you know, have this concept of, I want to lead a community. I'm like, but do you really want to lead a community? Like, does that six months from now, a year from now, are you going to feel like super excited or is it going to be like, dreadful for you mm. to like do this thing yeah well because there's so the interesting thing in the coaching space and forgive me if this is going a little off track but in the coaching space I think there is a very very blurry blurry line between becoming a coach and like running a coaching practice and they are seen as synonymous and for, I have heard from multiple coaches who thought I thought I just had to finish my certification it's Right. Because, and, and it's happening now too, kind of on the other end of things where I'll say to people, you know what, I'm thinking about getting a job and they'll say, oh, you don't want to coach anymore. Right. And it's like, oh no, no, I love coaching. I love my work. I love what I do. I love this. I love small group stuff with my own community. I love talking about things and teaching and all of it. So it's not that I don't want to be coaching. It's that I do, it's that running a business, running a coaching practice is a totally separate skill set and job. It's like me, it's like having a double major when you thought you were just gonna do show up and do one thing. Yeah. And it's the same, I think, with running a community. Is it's like, oh, I want to run a community. Like I yes, I love it. <laughs> and making it profitable, making it a business is a separate kind of thing that I don't think is talked about enough. I don't, I think these in this industry, it's positioned. Yeah. I do. I think it is sold and positioned as and marketed as a, like this, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a fascinating well, there, thing. There's this is a getting lot into of kind of my, no, that's okay. That's okay. But there's a lot of conversations that I've heard from people about what coaching means. And I think even in one of our calls recently, our book study, this even came up recently about coaching and what it means to be a coach. And do people have to have a, a certification? Can people just coach other people and they don't have certifications? What's what's the process to becoming a coach if you're a life coach or a business coach? Or what is, you know, what do those things mean? And what there's no really, because there's no like clear lines. Here's what it means to be a coach. Like if you were to just Google what, like what is the definition of a life coach? Or what is the definition of a business coach? I don't know that there's one clear definition mm. for that. There could be some descriptions or descriptor words. 
but I think a lot of people define it differently. And I think what you're talking about is passion, making your, your passion into, into your career or, Mm. you know, making your passion, making profit for you, you know, driving profit from your passion. And I think I've struggled with that as a creator for my entire life, because I went to school for photojournalism. I studied uh, to be a reporter and a photographer. I thought, true, true story. I thought I wasn't smart enough to be a writer. Mm. So I became a photographer. And so then I couldn't even get a job as a photographer. So I ended up getting a job as a reporter and a writer. Mm. And then 20 years later, I'm writing a book. And (laughs) it's about, you know, community building. And what's so fascinating is that through the years I've upped and downed it with regards to do I do I want to make a living with this thing that I've like tried that I said that I loved that I stopped photography for a while because it became a business that I hated um and that's kind of like I'm in that mode too now I'm kind of like well what is do I really what lights me up in this in this space and I think what I've learned is it's not design like I've had a lot of people that want me to build a course and build their community and design things on the like literally setting things up and that doesn't light me I can do that but that doesn't light me up what lights me up is to like interact with people and help them get clear on their structure their community concept their structure and their strategy and then like give them actionable steps and so that's kind of what you talked about earlier with communities I like when people take action so I think and Mark Mark was in here for like a minute and he laughed but Mark is uh the host of the podcast uh Savants and he his whole slogan is action taking and he I saw him at Podfest. He gave me a backpack that says like action taker because I'm in his community. Oh. But what's really funny is that he does his, you know, his brand does marketing and promotion for podcasters. And so I think when you're talking about do I, you know, yes, you have to sell yourself as a as a coach or a consultant or something, but you also can hire people to help you yeah. do those things. And if it's not something that is your strength or it's like winning others over is my strength. However, sales and marketing and looking at the actual dollars and numbers and figuring out logistically how to price myself and all of that, that I needed support with. So I see there's some comments. I was just going to share really quickly about Christy creators and business people check out a book called rocket fuel because what it, the, that is the closest I have come to understanding why the difference in roles and how most most successful things are usually the result of two. <laughs> like there's a visionary and then there's an integrator and the integrator is the person who loves all of this. You know, it's just a fascinating way of breaking things down. And when we're doing things on our own as solopreneurs, we're having to wear all the hats and it can be very, very overwhelming. That's such a good point. And actually, one of the things that, that Kelly and I talked about during the book club was exactly this, um, that the difference between a community host and a community uh, manager and a community leader and what those roles are and what that means to be different. And the community host is the person who sets the vision and says, here's what I see for this space and here's what I feel like this needs to be or do based on the community feedback that they get, you know, in discovery and then talking with members and then just being flexible and saying, what do you want to do? Like showing up and then asking members, but the community managers on the operations end on the backside is, is, is implementing like the tech, the, the setup, the design, like those are the people who are like implementers versus people who are visionaries. And I think that's what that whole, they have like a test that I just, Kelly was recently pointing me to. And I think yeah, they do. this comes up consistently in the creator space because creators are really great at envisioning, but they have a hard time with the implementation mm-hmm. um, depending on how they rate on that scale that he has on the test. Um, I'm actually like a 56, 55 or something. <laughs> like I'm like right in the middle because I like the details and I like to help people like put a strategic framework together that they can like tactically and physically like hold and see. But I also like the concept of let's talk about the future and let's talk about what you actually want to do and what lights you up as a host because the last thing you want to do is like build an online community and then realize that's really not what you wanted to do at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, anybody else have any last questions? I didn't see any in here, but I wanted to make sure we got to everybody. Um, but thank you so much. I like that. 
and no problem I'm just question. waiting I'm curious I was like I'm, I'm always a as a teacher I, I learned early on that when I always say are there questions I just have to wait because usually one surfaces in the silence so I'm a I'm very comfortable Ooh. with kind of silence and waiting so um but no the, I, it's been truly a pleasure I thank you for I feel like this has been very wide ranging <laughs> Very well. if there's anything I can answer just from my own experience I mean I've I've been I've been out in this landscape for for a long time and have a just a lot of a lot of stories one, to share if they would be helpful in any way so one thing I did want to ask you was do you feel like the conversation I started with you on the in, on the LinkedIn post was really about our a conversation I had with my business coach yesterday and it was about the fact that she's at a place in her life where she has a huge body of work. There's a lot of things that she's done. And now it's about putting those things in, into some kind of order mm -hmm. and, and, you know, maybe using those in some different ways. So what you were talking about is, is this a transition or time? Um, how can you use all of this amazing experience that you've had? And how is that going to be positioned into maybe a, a position or you know, how do you put that on a resume or how do you explain that to people of like, why haven't you worked in corporate America for seven years, you know, or whatever it's been? Um, what are your thoughts as far as like, what do you think it looks like for you? Oh, I, if I don't know, if I had an answer to that, it, that's the stuff I'm thinking about that all day these days, just this, you know, because the, the idea to look for an internal role is very young. It's really, it's just like a few weeks. Someone said something a few weeks ago and it was like this light bulb went off and I just went, what would it look like if I, if I like just went in that direction. And so even just being on LinkedIn, even just considering the project of like finding a job or is, has brought up a lot of those same questions of how do how do I capture all of this it's a language question you know how do I capture all of this stuff that I've done and created and and have experience with and am really good at in a format usually in the form of some language right like written sentences a resume a statement something so that someone else might see it and connect dots and say, oh, like what it is you do would be perfect for this thing I have over here. And um, I, it's, it's. Well, if you ever want somebody to work, workshop it with you, I would love to be on a call, just you and I, and, and, and we could just workshop it out. Cause sure. I love putting, I love putting words to paper and words are my jam. Um, well then see that's, that's, it's, that might, it's that one of the things, things but now. Now I'm it's gonna put one of my ID on your bonnet because I'm gonna be like, you should do that. Help. It's one of my secret strengths that I'm learning about yeah. is that people put their like big purpose and then I rewrite it and they're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. What? That's like perfect. Way yeah. better than I could like ten. It took me like ten hours to write my big purpose and you just rewrote it in three minutes and it's yeah. way better, better or something. Well, listen, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm the best writer ever. There for sure. But what I'm saying is is I have the ability and a strength that I learned recently to listen, to understand, to ask questions, and then to be able to put those um, assumptions and ex uh, what I understand from what I learned into an order that makes sense that people can then say, oh, that's what I actually meant. Well, that's your communication um, right there. I'm and, jealous. And of that's my communication strength, right? Yeah. But that is over time because I was a reporter and I had a lot of editors tell me I was a really horrible reporter and a really bad writer and criticized me for a very long time. It took me a long time to get to the place of where I felt confident as a writer and I really still don't even, it's like mind blowing that I'm writing a book. But what I'll, but what I'll say is um, it goes back to your strengths. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it really all, just goes I mean, back to is, your so. strengths and, and your UMAP because you can use what lights you up what are the, th the, the those are the the jobs or the positions that you would lean towards right or what lights you up and what gets you excited the the way you put it together would be like based on all of the amazing highlights that fit with that that thing so like i did this and that's why i'm great for this role and i did this and that's why i'm great for this role and then really positioning that i've considered i'm struggling i mean being in a first two years of a business as a consultant are hard and I'm trying to figure it out and, and trying to, and thankfully I've had a small group of other fellow consultants that I brought together that we meet every month. 
And one of those consultants reached out to me and said, I have an abundance of work. Are you interested in partnering with me? And he started working with, I started working with him. I'm re write, rewriting some of his playbooks for his clients. We're, we're, we're putting together marketing um, plans and content creation strategies for them. And now I actually feel super valued and needed because what I'm doing is I'm looking at his content and saying, and asking lots of questions <laughs> when there's holes that I'm kind of like poking those holes. I'm like, well, this doesn't really make sense. And you know, what does this really mean? Um, and I, the first time I sent him like a whole bunch of edits, I said, I hope you don't hate me. <laughs> and he goes, this is the best thing ever, Deb, because now I actually have somebody that kind of can give me the real deal of like, what am I missing? What is this saying? And why is it a fit or not fit for this audience? And he was, his, we're putting together some articles and thoughts, thought studies around building online communities. And he's been in the space for 10 years. So um, he's got a lot more of a network, but just to say that like leading on people who you might consider your competitors in a way and actually building a bridge where you collaborate with them can actually be a key. And then I mentioned that I'm still struggling with finding clients. And I said this in this in the, our August session. And another person said, hey, Deb, I really could use your help. Since you're such great at writing, I really have a hard time finding good, great writers. So do you want to work with me? And so it's just a matter of, for me, I was like, well, I, I hope that I can continue to do this and we'll see how the next six months go. But mm. I think it's a good point to what I know for myself is that I really don't want to work for anyone else. The hardest go. job that I've ever had is to work for myself. <laughs> it has been the hardest job I have ever had. However, I would rather answer to myself every day than to build somebody else's dream and build somebody else's vision. I'd rather build mine. There you go. So, Sounds so that's, clear to me. I'm in it. Until I burned a crash to the ground and the bill collectors decided to take all my stuff. Nah, <laughs> I don't want to happen, Deb. You've got great I, stuff going on. I know. I know. But anyway, okay. Well, we are at time. Thank you so much, everybody, um, for joining in. I'm super excited um, that this will come out in the Community Strategy Podcast. The recording is going to be out there. We are going to start putting things on YouTube. Uh, so that's a new thing that we're going to start to work on doing. Awesome. So That'll be there as well for people to watch the actual, see our faces and watch the recording. Um, until, and if anybody else has questions for Allegra, please feel free to, to reach out later. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you, Allegra, where's the best place? I'll put my email. You can just send me a note, Allegra at AllegraSign.com. And I'm Allegra Stein on LinkedIn. Kind of, I've been spending more time there recently, just exploring this new possibility. My website's AllegraStein.com, but email's super reliable. Cool. All right. Well, thank, thank you, again, you Deb, so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. I'm excited to and, see what comes up for you next too. And, and you and I are going to on a call and we're going to work with some, some, some words. Hey, for I you. am happy to, if someone wants to just listen to me verbally process all this stuff and like figure out how to capture it, I'm game. <laughs> I know. Right. Thank well, the other thing I'd like to connect. The other thing you mentioned it about was like, what's nice about Zoom and things, technology is we can record the session. You could actually get the transcript and then that is where you start with words. That's my then it's just skill. a matter of workshop bigot. I anyway. know, I know. That's, I know you can do that. I've never, everyone's like, you should get transcripts. It's, but that's where now I know myself well enough to know, like, I know I just never do that side of it. Anyway, thank you again for having me, Christy. I would love to connect. So I'll see you over there. Thank and, um, you very much, everybody. Have a, uh, I hope you're finding calm in this day, evening, moment, afternoon, uh, wherever it is, whatever it's time for you, find calm. Until the next time, we'll see you again on the Community Strategy Podcast. Uh, please uh, subscribe and maybe think about writing us a review. That would mm -hmm. be fantastic. Uh, enjoy your rest of your day and find calm. Take care. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hey, this is Deb Shaw, and I am super so psyched to let you know I am writing a book. Big deal, I know. Maybe it's not for you, but for me, it's a big deal. And guess what? I'm writing this book for you because honestly, as a new community builder two years ago in 2020, I had no idea what I was doing and I really got 
really confused easily. So I'm going to simplify things for you. But what I need from you right now is to actually help me make this book possible. And so you can support me with a crowdfunding campaign that I'm running through iFundWoman. I'm going to have a link in the show notes. Please support me. This this is running from September 1st through the end of October. So I'm really hoping to reach my goal uh, to be able to write this work style book. It's going to have worksheets. It's going to have templates. It's going to be something that you can actually use today. It's not a course that you have to take for four weeks. It's not um, a a big book that's not going to give you actionable steps. You're going to be able to take action the same day that you read the book. I'm super excited about this. I've had lots of feedback from clients that this is what they want. This is what they need. So I'm putting it together and uh, I hope you can support me with it. And I hope it, I hope it's going to help you. So let me know. Uh, please uh, check out the show notes for that link to the iFundWoman crowdfunding campaign for the new book I'm writing. It's called Creator to Community Builder. I'm so excited. Thanks for helping me if you've already donated.